You are listening to the Massive Report Podcast. Welcome to the Massive Report Podcast. I don't have a quippy, uh, long sentiment clearly to, to add here before we get started like no, Brian usually no, does. No, we back bitches well, or something well, like that. Well, that's what I was going to say. Was all I have to say is is the long, long off-season that this was <laughs> is now finally over. One entire month, right? It was one yeah, yeah. entire month. December 9th, 2023 was when they won the cup and they kick off on Saturday, which is Dece- or February 24th. So, yes. Do we, hold on. the only month where there was not... Do we, do we count the week of, like, the, the parade? Like, does that count as the end of the season? Instead well, the of, like, season the officially ended yeah. when the final whistle blew. Okay, fine. And the players had their celebrations, however they chose to do them. <laughs> Patrick Schulte. Uh, and Again, he if he doesn't have a sponsorship from White Claw, he needs to fire yeah. his agent. <laughs> anyway, as we said, they're back on Saturday. Atlanta United comes to town. We're going to talk about Atlanta. We're going to talk about our thoughts on the season. We're going to talk about probably a random other things that come up. We've expected this to be a pretty long podcast, so... Buckle in, Buckle boys in, and girls. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're going to start though with some new, some of the newest news, and something that Brett decided to break his own rule to talk about, and that is this new Columbus Crew jersey that was released this week. <laughs> um, I'm gonna wait for you. You hold on. Okay. Here, all right. That's fine. <clears throat> Bart, I know the jersey released or mm-hmm. leaked early. Uh, just, just thoughts. So, what were your thoughts, other than I, the obvious? I couple thoughts. One, it looks better than the leak. That's, you know, usually the case. Two, it wasn't Centercrest. That that, that yeah. was good. Um, three, it, it was gold. And for a couple of years, it looked like the Haslam's were trying to get rid of one of our two colors. So I am glad that that is the case. And uh, that, you know, it's, it's just, it's... It's just not. It, it's it's not for me. I I mean, I, it, it'll probably grow on me a bit. It's not as bad as it could have been. They at least tried something different. Obviously, you know, everybody. If you haven't seen it, but you've seen the comics for Charlie Brown, you've seen this jersey before. Um, Pretty it's, much. Uh, it, it it kind of. It, it's kind of just wild that it. Got through, like with that that the you, you did and you did the Charlie Brown jersey and that like no one you know said hey maybe we don't want to do the Charlie Brown jersey. <laughs> do you want to move the squiggly line just a little bit higher or a little bit lower or, or something like that? But but they did it and it looks. It's, it's, it could have been worse. It is probably the worst yellow jersey they've had. Um, but it's not as bad as it could have been? Yeah. I could have been a blank canvas. Well, yeah. and we, I, I figured it was going to be, I figured it was going to be a center crest Ikea um, version. Uh, basically practice top. I, I thought, I thought we were going to get something, the equivalent to what inner Miami has. And so the fact that the crest was on the heart and that there's something else going on, but just plain yellow was a plus. I would have preferred play, plain yellow, but I've always been a plainer is better with Are at you least a crew minimalist? jerseys. Well, just I mean, with crew I, but jerseys. I, but like I mean, you can you can have like 
plain yellow, but still have some. Yeah. Again, 2017 checkers. That's the perfect yeah. example. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so first, checkers black and checkers yellow. They were both so good. So fly. So good. So fly. Yeah. I I've said I said this on Twitter this week. First of all, I think you are the defending MLS Cup champs, and I know that I'm going to go into the jer- the process of the jersey That's getting made. What I think. But so like clearly, this was not made it knowing that they were going to be the defending champions. Not that that necessarily matters. But, like, to me, you give this to the team that's been, like, struggling near the bottom of the seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because you know the jokes that are going to come. And you're already Columbus, and there's already the jokes about cow towns and all this stuff that you know, people from Columbus have heard for years and years and years. And, yeah, the crew, as much as we love the original logo, you heard about the village people and the, mm. the construction workers and all that. And it just was ammo for more getting made fun of and if you don't care about being made fun of and like whatever you're the champion but i agree with you bart and i have to assume at least one person in the room when this is getting done Mm -hmm. is like this looks like charlie brown and they just decided that was okay and like if you're okay with that and i've seen some people who say hey i like the idea uh that's fine in terms of like how this goes about so adidas has these templates of jerseys, and, and, and you should clarify too. Adidas has a exclusive contract to right. do the That's jerseys for the entire league. Yeah, yeah, but that's and been has going on. Had the contract for a since very its long inception, time. right? No, the, no, for the first okay. like ten years, probably. Because crew has always been the crew has always been Adidas, but like the fire were Nike at first, yeah. and then Puma for a while. Yeah, I want to say it was like oh oh four oh five okay. is yes. when Adidas picked up the the league wide. Yeah, contract. I remember having a poster of the ten. MLS teams that were still in existence at that time and each there was a player from each team and they had a number of you know Nike was involved mm-hmm. with some teams and anyway so Adidas teams can be as involved as they want but Adidas has these various templates like if you have a club soccer team that your kid plays for what each year when you get new jerseys the way that works is and I know this because I worked in soccer retail they you know you go into the store you go online and you can either do one of the, like, six different templates, which are just, like, plain jerseys, and then you mm-hmm. pick colors, and you can customize things, or you can completely customize your jerseys. And you know, teams like Manchester United, Arsenal, Newcastle, you know, all the, all mm-hmm. the, the big teams in Europe, those and are Newcastle. not— And Newcastle. <laughs> those are not uh, template jerseys. They customize them for whatever they want. From my understanding— and you know maybe this has changed, but it doesn't look like it based on the jersey. The crew has chosen to be more standoff over the years in terms of being involved in this design process. Hands off. Hands off. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, not hand off because yeah. that's what happened. Was the jersey was handed off to them? Mm-hmm. Or I don't know for sure in this specific jersey how that is. And I know there have been years like the uh, butterfly kit one. Like, they were, because of the sponsorship coming with that, I know there was a lot more put into that jersey. And I think you can tell, probably, if you look yeah, throughout Yeah, it's because it's the yeah. best jersey they've right. ever had. Right, So, I don't know that, I don't know for sure what happened with this one, but uh, the, <laughs> the fact that this was the end result, and then the fact that the video that announces it has a theme of home, and Aiden Morris talking about home. And it went hard, too. That video was It nice. was a very good video, but as somebody pointed out on Twitter to me, it seemed like the marketing team got, like, this one idea that they ran with, and then the jersey was this completely separate idea mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense each with each other, and they were like, you know what? Pointy objects in Astro Park, and that's how we're going to explain it. And mm-hmm. 
I uh, I don't I don't buy it. Like I I just don't see. As I've kept saying, every every rectangular shape has. And someone did correct me and say Red Bull Arena does not have points, but every most rectangular rectangular shapes have points. So just to like point to points and be like, this represents our home, I think is a little uh, misguided and too easy here. So, so three straight seasons of jerseys that are ostensibly based or theme, the theme is the state and the arena. And right. like, we get it. It's great. We've got a new arena. Yeah, there, we all love there are it. other things about Columbus and culture that you could incorporate. I thought that if you're going to go with this home theme, have a yellow jersey similar to last year, and then faintly on the background of the chest and maybe the mm. back, however you want to do it, Lower.com field from above. Like, just just a very simple Lower.com field. And then you call it the home jersey, and it makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense. And it still has points. What about something that has, like, incorporates the Columbus flag? Oh, God. Columbus flag? Yes. For Columbus. See, here's what We call fixes. it for Columbus. Here's that would be what home. fixes this jersey. Pierre Winkle Pierre shorts. Winkle blue shorts. <laughs> absolutely. We need also, to get the Patrick, shorts. Patrick, Patrick yeah. Goldan would absolutely love oh you right now. Oh, God. Seriously. Speaking of the shorts, I know a lot of people. 34 and 0. A lot of people on the social medias have been complaining because the shorts in the picture oh, only have, have two, two stars. stars. I know. Well, those are last year's shorts. And this has happened in previous years. I just don't think it's as obvious because the stars didn't change. But often, whenever they take these pictures, which happens. You know, During preseason. Yeah, then they just don't have the new shorts. I don't know why the jerseys come before the shorts. Um, but the those, first of all, I believe that more often than not, they will wear gold and gold. You know, the full banana. Now, they did really? last year. Yeah, they, I don't I don't think so, because last mm-hmm. a lot of times last year, I think they only wore gold on gold like once or I twice. I heard, heard gold heard on black. That the it will be mostly gold top black, black shorts. shorts. Well, the gold, gold shorts, at least. Mm-hmm. The, the gold mean, shorts are, do exist. Yeah, I know that are, they are. Here's they the thing. Exist. They did not start doing gold, black, gold until like mid-season, really. And yeah. then they kind but of they jumped on it, it quite a bit. Yeah. It worked. I, I mean, in previous years, no, it was only yeah, during just, like Champions yeah, League. Yeah, you do, or you do it like uh, during the Open Cup. Or during the Open yeah. Cup. But I, I think it's it's interesting. Uh, this is not editorial, so why not just Photoshop the third star so that you don't get this kind of shit? of it, I imagine. Again, this is the this is like do do the simple stuff well. Mm-hmm. This is the simple stuff, well. and they're not doing it well. Anyway, I, I I to to your point about the jersey. Again, I I actually used to hate the new crest, and I still think it's a dumb, angry carabiner mm-hmm. or a staple. Um, but when you see it on the field, it doesn't look nearly as horrible. And I'm taking the same approach with this kit. Is I actually mm-hmm. think I think that. Especially with what Christian Ramirez said um, to uh, Brianna about the Charlie Brown celebrations, yeah. I think what's going to happen is that more not, more than not is that the players are going to embrace it and the Nordic is going to embrace it and they're going to make a thing out of it and it's just going to piss off all the other teams because they're going to rag on Columbus for having a Charlie Brown kit and Columbus is like, say what now? I can't hear you over my trophies and three stars. It's going to piss me off too. Yeah. I think that's but hold on, what doesn't piss you off? Let's, let's be honest that's here. Valid. Here's my one thing that I think that they should do and then I think uh, Brett has thoughts. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, thoughts. he keeps breathing really heavy over there. <laughs> But um, I, I think, you know, okay, we, we all talk about the, the Charlie Brown, you know, celebrations, doing the dance or whatever the head looking down. Absolutely do that. That'll be fun. I think anytime an opposing team scores, the PA announcer, Josh Poland, right, needs to not actually say it. Just go wah, 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 wah. 
You know, I will tell him that tomorrow morning <laughs> as I, soon as I walk into the office. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think that. I'm going to get the jokes out of the way first in that it does look, the, I think the, the black stripe does look like kind of the audio version, the personification of the Charlie Brown teacher in terms of like waveform monitor, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, By the way, real quick, I forgot to say this. It w- when this was described to me last summer, first of all, I was told there was the center crest, which I think I told you guys. I but, think that's because um, we just harassed them enough and, and maybe, told them don't do center crest. And that would be a simple thing to change if in, in a design process, but it was like, I was told there was like this black Striping behind the the sponsor nationwide logo, <laughs> no one mentioned the Charlie Brown no. theme here. So uh, I w- I just wanted to throw that in there. I don't know if it changed throughout the process or what happened. But anyway, go ahead, Brent. So um, uh, first thing I, you know, I I'm I'm super I'm I'm venturing into super uncomfortable territory for me on a personal level because I am a sports broadcaster who has only done that for. Going on, it's crazy to say out loud, but going on 18 years now. Um, I don't know anything about design. I don't know anything about design principles. Um, there are smarter, significantly more talented people um, who uh, know all that stuff and do it professionally and are exceptional at it. It's not for me to decide what's good and what's bad. Um, in no way do I feel on a. I'm not confident or I would even go so far as to say like have the hubris to say like what I like is also good do I think I have I good do. do I think I have good taste for sure but I'm not I, I wouldn't take it a step further and say that my taste equals good and you know everything else Others is, is bad you know yeah. is, is bad um, when it got released uh, you know I think it was a good example for me personally and that, and this is kind of why I tweeted what I tweeted that like it was the angry email that you put in drafts and then you let it marinate for a little bit and then you come back to it 24 48 hours later and do you still feel as vehemently upset or whatever to hit send or do you delete that mother you know what because your stance is softened and you know putting time some distance between your reaction and the reaction to the reaction is probably a good thing. Um, my issue is not with the design because I don't know anything about that. I'm not comfortable enough to say whether or not I think it's good. It's not necessarily my taste. I don't like it. We all know the number one rule of marketing is to make sure you give your opponents ammunition to make fun of you <laughs> with whatever you put out Cre- there. Create engagement. So I don't it, – it makes it, – it's it's – I think the, the jersey and the rollout from, not necessarily from the club, but I think kind of the process of getting the jersey to the club and the marketing staff and video staff, content staff of the club, um, I think it's a very good indication of intentions. I think it's a, it's a perfect way to indicate exactly how the process was done. And I feel pretty confident in saying nobody who designed that 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 jersey has any clue of what makes Columbus Columbus and what what makes the Columbus crew the Columbus crew. There is no connection to any of the qualitative kind of tent poles that make this club what it is and what makes this fan base what it is. It's obvious. It's as obvious as an elephant. The inspiration for this jersey can't be a neighborhood that in its best form is an artistic rendering of said neighborhood. Astor Park is not a thing in Columbus. Nope, nope. Right now, it's a building and a garage and the, and the parking garage and the media lot and where we parked for three years. 
it's not a thing. Maybe five, six years from now it will be, but yeah. it's not. It's not something uh, that's anything even close to uh, part of the fabric of this town and part of the part of what makes this this club the best in, in MLS. That's a huge whiff. That's a huge miss. And I don't think anybody from the club had anything no. to do with that. It's very obvious to me they, they didn't. Because if there were local um, influences, mm-hmm. we'd hear about it. We'd know about it because it'd be in the press release. I thought it was really telling uh, that uh, Josh Glessing is the, the guy who's quoted in the press release, who's yeah. uh, the chief of strategy and development for Hazel Sports Group. Josh, by the way, who, you know, as we, as people may or may not know, started his career in the most soulful of all soulful places, which is a, a corporate VP at Goldman Sachs in, <laughs> in venture capitalism. <laughs> we all know how you know loving and caring and interpersonal those relationships right. uh, from those Our people are. So um, I thought that was super telling. Um, what Katie. Uh, Fuglia uh, from the marketing side of things with the club did what Ty and Zach mm-hmm. and Ben all the content stuff what they did with the jersey that video incredible I thought it was unbelievable mm-hmm. what they were what they were able to do I loved every second of it and you could tell that they were dealt a, a, a complete yeah. shit sandwich and asked to shine it and I, that's that's such a disservice to their so how, how talented mm-hmm. those people are um I don't know if the jersey's good or not. It's not my taste. It, I, I don't care. All I care about is I, I choose to spend my, my efforts and my energies mm-hmm. with how well the team's playing, what's going on, transfer stuff, all of that. That's really what I care about. In terms of jersey, all I care about is gold, yellow. Yeah. As long as it's that, fine. That's all I care about. But beyond that, it's a layup to co- use the jersey to connect with fans. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute layup. What Sam said a few a few few minutes ago is perfect is a perfect way to describe it. Do the simple things well. There has to be a connection between Adidas, MLS corporate, mm-hmm. and the club. You can't just give them the jersey, or you get dumpster fires like this. It's a huge bummer. It's a huge bummer because it's such a layup in, in my mind. Let your marketing people who are talented, exceptional mm-hmm. people, let them have a hand in it and they'll they'll direct you everywhere you need to go and you build up all and, and you don't kind of have this obstacle or landmine in this ongoing kind of path of momentum. And then your tremendous momentum that this club right, has. And then right your now. marketing people are left with needing to polish a turd for uh, an entire season. Uh, and, and the other, and, and it's one of the th- points you alluded to earlier, Brett, and, and Ty did like confirm this to me because I tweeted at him. Ty, Ty uh, by the way, uh, also oh, yeah. love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. So talented. Mm, no, no, talented. no, absolutely. But it was just like, hey, hey, did anybody like actually from the organization have anything to do with like out sort of, uh, outside of just, approving and signing off on this yeah. you know from no and it's like he didn't directly say by omission you know the answer to that is uh, uh, no no um and uh, uh but but you know and, and complimented and my uh, point was he clarified too because it's like you know the fashion we had the fashion alliance i think it was involved last did year it was, last yeah year. it was yeah. point he, he helped clarify they did not have any hand in the design but it's you've seen teams that have had Local folks with hands in design. You know, Portland is an example with this one. Seattle. Um, Look at uh, Seattle's Seattle, jersey Seattle's this year. Seattle's absolutely filthy. A couple years back, Philadelphia, where right. you literally had fans. And look, we know, like, 
how the sausage really was made with that one probably, which is like, yeah, fans absolutely had a hand in design. You guys can't see my air quotes, but like you give fans a, a feeling like they've got a little bit of ownership for it. You fight around it just a little bit to have something a bit different than just what Adidas gives you. And then you sell the fuck out of it. Like, yeah. I mean, even even the four Columbus kit with is as absolutely and, and so maybe you know maybe this will be the thing that proves me wrong because this is I think the first kit that is as polarizing as that one um, yeah. that sold the hell out of and it's still one of the most memorable kits that people have and people still bought Pol- it polarizing for yeah. sure right but at least they tried right yeah. and I think that's that's kind of what I'm getting at is that at some have point local folks involved, I, you have to and 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 the it's just to me. It is such. It, it indicates how. What. What is your buy-in? What is your drive to preserve authenticity? That of everything around the quote-unquote brand mm-hmm. of the Columbus Crew, and this to me shows that there's not a there's not a ton of there's not necessarily a ton of effort on the at the league-wide level, mm-hmm. and then kind of downstream to the club to provide opportunities to kind of take this authenticity with both hands and, and own it. And it's frustrating. And that's a bummer because they're, they, I think the, I think the club staff, mm-hmm. the people who are catching a paycheck from the Columbus crew would have, if they were given the opportunity to really helm this in, in their own way, would have crushed it in an, in, in a, in a, to the degree that I think we probably are, are maybe not even selling it enough. I think they would have done an incredible job. When was the last time the team let, the, the creative people on their staff do something for most of most of the way. You know when it when it was? No. Will, Will Bennett and Erica with the round crest. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna and say. And look at pretty, how yeah. that turned out. Well and, and, and that's that's my point too, because like you saw this front office that really wanted to make a mark in in, in getting rid of a universally beloved crest to make it their own. Yeah. To say, okay, but this is this is ours. And so to like to be so intentional about getting involved in that, to changing the logo, so it, it, a complete vanity move, but that is their prerogative, but then to be completely hands-off from that point on, to just say whatever MLS and Adidas foist upon you, yeah, sure, we'll take it, whatever. We replace our universally beloved badge with a like this thing that just gets completely... I was looking at the odds today, uh, the uh, Fox Soccer posted the odds for teams in, in winning MLS Cup, and I literally was like, where's crew on this? We are defending champs. I missed us as the third one on it because the logo got lost in the graphic. Um, it, it's just, it is wild to like be, like I so, want to be involved so much that we must change the logo, and now, well, whatever the hell you want. But that's J.W. Haslam. To, to sum up my thoughts here, in, in the, in a Part of the reason why I don't think I've explained this as well as I maybe or eloquently as I'd like to is because I feel a little bit uncomfortable doing it. Um, But I I just think it is such a layup to because I think it's a pretty superfluous thing in terms of the grand scheme of things. Like for me, I don't like like by March like 10th, I'm not going to care. Um, But it is such a way to signal proper and authentic uh, intentions from a MLS to club to fan level, the old like cliche supporters not customers, right? And I think it, I think that there's a qualitative kind of sense of that statement. And this just felt like marketing gobbledygook to me. And I, 
I, I, I, that was so disappointing. It was mm-hmm. so disappointing. Um, if you're listening to this and you like the jersey, that's totally fine. I'm not saying you have bad taste. I'm not saying you're wrong mm-hmm. or anything. I'm, I'm punting on my kind of ability to judge whether it's good or not. But the rollout was, it, it just, it, it was like watching, like, they were trying so hard to kind of make fetch happen. <laughs> and, and it's like, you have to lean into the Charlie Brown jokes now because, like, they're, they're like, if not, they were coming, like, yeah. big time from everybody yeah. around. And that's a big bummer. It's a huge bummer. And I think that's the one thing is we. The biggest winner, by the way, and this is the last thing I'll say, nationwide. Huge winner. Oh, in yeah, this yeah. Because it, it, centerpiece it, of the it, They're absolutely getting their money's worth and then some in terms mm-hmm. of a- advertising because that thing is the, as, as bold as you could possibly get in terms of jersey sponsors. Yep. I, I think that's, you know, the, there, there are a couple silver linings. One's this, I think we probably made all the, or will make all the Charlie Brown jokes and like, you know, self effacing comments um, before any of the ops are able to. So it's, it's not like they're going to hit us with anything new. Um, oh, wow. You guys just thought of Lucy, you know, uh, uh, pulling the football. Oh, good one. Um, uh, uh, two is that. I take comfort in seeing what FC Cincinnati did and then trying to spin their white jersey the way they did that actually we, we did it white so that you could do, you know, uh, color your own pictures on it. Buy this $160 jersey and then paint like your own smiley uh, flying pig on it. It'll be wonderful. This is what we designed it for. And it's just like if uh, uh, I, I, you know, take comfort in that. It's one of those. It's like, well, uh you know, I've done it pretty bad, but we're not trying to convince people that it's anything that other than what it is. Yeah. I mean, other than like, yes, this is tied to our city and our, our, our stadium, but not like literally, yeah, we, we got this so you could really uh, paint your own picture and, 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 and draw your own conclusions. I think it's pretty clear in MLS which teams, when it comes to these jerseys, look at it and go, all right, we're going to sell between X and X numbers, yeah. regardless of what we do. So... Give us a jersey and the teams that actually spend the time to do it and find something unique and to your points that tie into the city and the fans and the culture and everything. And look, I think this is, you you mentioned it, the momentum of this team right now. And if you believe in the messy effect on Apple TV and that people across the world are now tuning into MLS, well, this is an opportunity for the crew who play the best soccer in MLS. I think we can all agree on that to try and tap into markets outside of Columbus and maybe outside of this country. And, you know, I know, I I remember reading when Seattle did, I don't remember which of their unique jerseys a few years ago. Uh, Maybe it was the, uh, was it Bruce Lee they did one year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just remember reading this story where the, the person had talked to, like, people around, like, fans around the world who had bought the jersey. Somehow they'd gotten access to that. And, like, people in Japan and obviously it was a big Asian thing but there were people all over that just like you know you'd seen a few MLS games and they'd seen that jersey and it just resonated and now they're Sounders fans not you know it's like we don't I don't have a reason to be a Manchester United fan you don't have a real reason to be a Newcastle fan we're in Columbus Ohio but like I, I actually do it's because my dad got me a jersey brought home. <laughs> See? so like something like that and like now if you turn on the defending champions Everyone is immediately going, because Charlie Brown is not just an American thing. Like that is just something people are going to think of everywhere. And I just, it's disappointing. The one, the last thing I've said this twice now. The last thing I'm going to say, (laughs) 
I think the Seattle comp is, is in terms of like what you can do and what you should do and what has been done. Mm-hmm. Um, in my travels across the country to MLS markets everywhere, the number one jersey that I have seen out and about across the entire country. Any guess? Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. This by, pre pre Messi though, probably. Pre Messi yeah. and Seattle by a lot. Yeah. We I, like I'm, like pick us up right now and drop us in Manhattan. First MLS jersey we're probably seeing is Seattle. Yep. Pick us up right now and put us in Chicago. Probably catching a Seattle jersey. Like. That Xbox jersey from like the the, the when 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 Deuce when Dempsey came yep. back, the the two tone with the 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 red in the middle or the the blue in the middle and the green sleeves yep. Yep, yep. went everywhere. Probably what you should be doing. Yeah, exactly. If if, if, if my my beef, business metrics. My beef with the templates is that <clears throat> in this this day and age, it should not be taking you that amount of time. To produce and ship, even if it's fully custom, it should—it really shouldn't. Let's be realistic; it should not be taking this amount of time. I'm not saying it's a quick and easy thing, but like if you look at what happened last year with the jerseys running out, it's like you, you cannot tell me that they can't dedicate some small segment of their factories of these pre-made, mostly pre-made jerseys that are basically just getting yeah. printed and or laid. And this is an Adidas to, issue. Yeah. This just is exactly. Clear, yeah. So, so you, you can't, because, because we know that they're able to do it for other teams that we even not MLS. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we know that they have the capability is that you choose not to. And is that, is that a contractual thing? Is that a, so this is why I also support places like supporter supply yeah. or others that are creating this jersey and honestly and, and I'm not advocating this but you cannot be mad at knockoff sellers when you're not going to be able to provide like people want to buy from you but you're not able to provide that so yes they are going to go cost effectively yeah so, so they're going to go to a knockoff to a knockoff brand and then it becomes self-fulfilling one well we're only going to sell x amount of jerseys well yeah because you've got a cap you've yep. got an artificially imposed or self-imposed or imposed by the your you know person that you're con- contractually tied to cap in the amount of jerseys you can sell and then two that they are going to say well the your ability to get a third jersey is tied to your sales for a you know your other total jerseys well if you impose a cap on the number of jerseys that I can sell and then you force me to have one of these couple things that is not something that fans are going to go wild about yeah of course not you're never going to have to worry about making a third jersey yeah. for us uh, it's still it's just which is just wild for me that's just print money but the, the, I do think it's that the, the conversation about whether or not the league needs a uh like a league-wide contract to continue propping up in terms of like financial stability from Adidas. I think that's an interesting conversation. Um, you need more info there. Right? Yeah, like I, you right? need the numbers. I, to, spoilers, no, they don't. I'm it's guessing it's a, Don Garber to have control. My my gut says mm-hmm. no, but I do think some of the um, uh, lesser-funded teams, and we all know who those are, probably do need that subsidized a little bit, right? And so. Um, but I do think it's probably time 
to to you know we we know we all know how much MLS loves its capitalism. Let capitalism be capitalism, and let the kids let the let the teams kind of do that themselves, and you see which ones actually care about it and which ones don't. Yeah, I, and, and I don't even think that. I mean, there's so many. You've got you know, like uh, you look at all the different companies there are that that do these jerseys. I, I don't think, and, and the thing other well, we we won't get too far, but like MLS teams are still more valuable. The the median MLS team is more valuable than the median Premier League team, like. Or close to it, certainly more than the median Spanish team. When you actually look at it, because it's a closed league, and they, when you actually look at the values of the franchises, yeah. it's wild. Well, and appreciate it, um, pre- yeah, more exactly, appreciate it. Because you never got to never got to worry about going down, and get, yeah. getting relegated. But this um, is a now mass report, now a tax <laughs> tax law, uh, American yeah. tax law and loophole podcast. But it, but it, it, it's it's wild. So it's like I think all of these ones. I mean, whether it's like with Hummel, whether it's like. Um, uh, God, I don't even remember Newcastle's sponsor. I'd never heard of them until they got them a couple years ago. No. Um, uh, uh, you, you, there's so many different Umbro things that are doing. Yeah, Umbro's there. You got Puma. You Sella? got Nike. Yeah, S- no, Sella's the front of the sponsor. Oh, That's yeah. a Saudi thing. Um, it's a. Uh, uh, but but regardless, you, you've got all these places that'll do it. You yeah. will absolutely. Real Salt Lake is going to find somebody. That will make their will make their jerseys I, and make them nice. I would guess a bidding war, so to speak, amongst jersey uh, manufacturers mm-hmm. to essentially sponsor your 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 team's you know outfitting mm-hmm. is probably more lucrative than the Adidas contract divided by thirty. Especially when you. My guess. Those are long-term contracts yeah. that Don locks them into. Like, what? This is well, got like need six it. or seven I would say, years. Yeah. I would say in 2000, was it 2005, 2006, whenever this came in, did, did MLS need that subsidy? 100%. But, but this last one was like a year ago, yeah. two years mm-hmm. ago maybe. It's like and it's a, a five-year contract? Yeah, no, I thought like, it was five. I, I thought there it's were another 2030. I looked it up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another it's six Because like, they like round numbers. Which is just wild. <laughs> like lot. you Think of how much value your friend or your your league franchise, they caught me saying it, has gone up just from Messi that coming. That was Freudian, baby. Right? I love that. Um, it's it's just wild that you're locking yourself and locking every single team. And that's, I'll just... I think it's because it, it creates value for Don Garber, and it gives him a, a point of leverage and power over these teams, um, because his ultimate goal. Well, I think he's, I think maybe been sidetracked. The ultimate goal is for there not to be individual teams, is for there to be MLS Columbus versus MLS Cincinnati. <laughs> I, we almost had it a couple years ago, and and, and then he's the teams, you know, to to their credit, have clawed back. But the goal was those black and white teams. Columbus SC versus Cincinnati FC in black and white, and then you turn to the next channel, and you've got black and white, you know, uh, Inter Miami versus black and white New York F- uh, SC or something. That was the goal. That these would just be different branches of MLS, or still have some un- individual identity. But this is another way for Don to just try to squeeze that out. Let's talk about the soccer. Yeah, I was going to say, the jerseys are what we're going to look at. I may come to the games with my contacts out just so I can see yellow moving around on the field. So O&N coverage, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, But 
There will be games. And they start on Saturday. We're going to get into Atlanta specific. Uh, they start uh, earlier in the week. They start well, Wednesday, actually. The yeah. league starts. Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday, Friday. Miami, and the aforementioned RSL. Uh, but, and we can bring this up later if we have time. Uh, it looks like we're not going to have. Lockout. Yep, the referees are, uh, are going to be Canadian. We're going to have scabs is yep. what we're going to have, Patrick. Yes, that's that's the word I couldn't remember. Uh, but yes. <laughs> will, it be, will it be much worse than what we already had? Yes. Yeah, yeah it'll be a lot worse. <laughs> yes, well, it is. Did you see, the, did you see like, the list of who they're getting? It's like, we'll find I mean, out. They're not yes. sending us their best. Well, yeah. <laughs> not uh, a surprise. This team, obviously coming off an MLS Cup. We've already talked on previous podcasts about you know the challenges that they're going to face this year. Uh, not a ton of additions. But, Brett, as we sit here, you know, five days out, whatever we are, how are you feeling about How do you feel about the 2024 Columbus crew? Really, really confident, right? And, and, and for why would you not have any – why would you not think that? I, I think it, the everything I've heard about, um, you know, kind of how the two travel iterations of preseason went, um, the went about as good as they could have possibly hoped for. Um, the uh, – you know, I, I told my I told my wife uh, that I you know I I wouldn't dive into any MLS analytics in the off season, and I broke my rule <laughs> uh, uh, over the weekend to just to kind of refresh myself. What did my eyes confirm? What my brain thought I was watching? Do the analytics support my? We talk about having good taste and bad taste. This is where I I feel comfortable in saying, yeah, you know, like my eyes, you know, probably are right more often than not. Um, you know, did the analytics support that? And I think largely for the most part, yeah. And so um, Cucho and what he was able to do was sub 3,000 minutes, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, analytically, but also on the field, we saw it, especially in the back third of the season, kind of blew my mind. And I think um, in terms of MVP voting, probably deserved maybe a little bit more consideration than I think I would have said back in October. Did he, when it, where did he finish an MVP voting? Was uh, it like no? Was idea. he in the top five? I don't really remember off the top of my head. Um, I just know that Lucho Acosta kind of ran away with it. Uh, it was fairly unanimous. Um, but uh, uh, everything in terms of uh, momentum, buy-in, all the intangibles that you expect from a team. Uh, to be successful, all of that is still there. They get everyone back. It, it, you know, is a little bit later. We'll kind of talk a little bit about like what or I will anyway about what LAFC is going kind of kind of facing with basically losing 55% of the guys that played uh, a year ago in terms of minutes uh, and trying to replicate that, especially with a bunch of non MLS guys. Um, the the crew for me uh, hit hit the ground at a full sprint. I would expect you know some of the typical kind of you know slow sluggishness maybe some rust a little bit but for the most part like it's uh i'm I'm as confident as i was in this team you know when uh you know when i kind of said that the i kind of towards the end of the year middle part of the season last year um right where i said the expectations had changed i that for me it's an mls cup i think it's a multi-trophy winning kind of season uh and potential for this club that's where i'm at right now and I'm as confident as ever. Yeah, I think you, you should be to all of the reasons you said. Um, you know, you, you don't change much from a recipe that worked. 
which I think in this sport and with the way this team plays makes a lot of sense. I don't think that's always the right way to handle it coming yeah. off of a championship run or even just a deep playoff run. But I do think that, that this makes a lot of sense with, with Wilfried and, and these players. Um, I have a concern. My one concern is at right wing back. And not that I don't believe in Mo Farsi, but you know Mo was good last year. And then he got benched when they brought in Julian Gressel. And then when he took over in the playoffs, he was at a different level. Is that the Mo Farsi we're going to get? If not, is the Mo Farsi from the first half of the season good enough? If he is that good, is he here for very long? Because there have already been rumors about teams overseas interested in him. And if Mo Farsi, knock on wood, picks up an injury... Who is playing that right wingback spot? Because there's no depth there in terms of actual right wingbacks. Now, Wilfred Nancy has proven that he can find solutions. We saw it with Will Sands last year, and Yao Yabo obviously had a huge part in this team and scores the winner in MLS Cup. Uh, but there's just not a clear, like, that's, you know, if, if something's going to go wrong, and we'll actually get to that a little bit later because I have another answer when we get to that. Uh, you know, who is, who is stepping in there? Um, or if you know you just aren't getting the production you hope, I'm just surprised they didn't bring in somebody. You know, Nancy talked about wanting a different profile than a guy like Julian Gressel, which I get, but you didn't get a different profile. You just now have one less player at that position. Uh, but everything else, I think you're right. Is is there's a lot of reasons to be excited. And do we? I mean. And I don't know if anyone's, you know, seen anything. Obviously, we haven't seen much in terms of the the actual, you know, preseason games. But I've seen in just, I think this was just in like the MLS.com uh, Matt Doyle preview. Yeah. Kind of some mention of, of Hinnestrosa potentially outside. I don't, from, from what I've seen, he never really, you know, played out there with Pachua. Uh, but I, I'd be curious if, you know, potentially that's what... They think is you know the, the the long term or at least someone who can push um, uh, uh, Mo there you know putting him out wide and really maybe more of a true three four three versus the hybrid yeah. three five two three um, uh, uh, but but that that that's I think the big question mark. I think Bart just put thirteen players on a soccer field. Well, I mean, it's it's five. If it's five, two, three versus three, four, three. For some teams, playing the crew, it's going to feel like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean that is certainly a possibility. Now, when Wilfried's talked about Henestroza, he's talked to him about him as part of that attacking front line. But again, I don't think anyone expected Yao Boa to be the yeah. left wing back, or you know, I mean, this time a year ago we were talking about Luis Diaz as one of the wing backs, yeah. and mm-hmm. obviously that didn't didn't materialize. So like, I'm sure there's an answer there, and I'm sure you know Mo hasn't played every single minute of preseason, so they've gotten to look at other guys who could do, you know could Sean Zawatsky could that be another spot he could maybe mm. add to his repertoire I you know we don't know the answers well, to Alex that. Matan played out there a couple times yeah, yeah I mean you've got Max Arfston mm-hmm. who, who could play um, in those positions as well but there's just not like the clear okay here's the guy we brought in to fill the the spot left by Gressel mm-hmm. and obviously you you feel like you can do some different things who knows maybe there's there's tweaks in terms of the, the way they set up where you aren't as reliant reliant excuse me on a wing back if Mo can't play for a game yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean maybe they, they tweak things like that Wilfried has not often uh, changed formations and, and whatnot 
But yeah, if there's one thing that like has stood out, and I was watching Gressel play central midfield in a preseason game for Miami the other day, and I was just like, man, that is not what he wants to be doing. And you know, I know he's an expensive player, but I wouldn't have minded if they'd been able to to work something out with mm-hmm. him. Bart, what excites you the most about this team heading into to 2024? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it is that you've got an entire offseason, an entire offseason um, and training camp under the belt for Diego Rossi, yeah. right? This is a guy who won the Golden Boot a couple years ago. This guy who's going to be 25 opening day, turns 26, I think, you know, mid-March or so, but in his prime who has dominated in this league, who was, was starting to look like a real difference maker um, and did, was a difference maker, um, uh, uh, especially against Cincinnati, um, uh, scoring the tying goal, you know, making some other real big-time plays, um, not just with the ball at his feet. Uh, I think you, you add him in that front three uh, and... That that's you know one of the things we'll get to later is you know who who we think is gonna I I, I I lean toward you know Brett where it's like I, you know I think Kucho's Kucho's the MVP dude took twenty more shots than Danny Buwanga um, who was number two in MLS and fifty more shots than Hani Mukhtar mm-hmm. who's number three and, and with less minutes than both of them last year, um, but. Man, like Diego Rossi's gonna, he's gonna score some goals. Uh, uh, this is as good of a combo as we've had since the, you know, at at two two striker attacking players as he had since you know last turn year. of the century. Yeah, <laughs> last, 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 but like or turn of the century with with, with uh, uh, you know Stern John. Yeah, you know around there. I feel like I feel like with Rossi, there's potential for what we saw with Zellerion at the beginning of the year in terms of production. Um, and and he's going to be there throughout the entire year. We we kind of, you made like a list, Murph, of, of like questions, yeah. so to speak, of like what we wanted to like address, right? And like um, the, the, the first one that you sent, I thought like was kind of interesting. It was like, where did the crew finish? And you know, I say first. Um, not sixth. Not sixth. Someone picked sixth. Yeah. Well, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> um, the, but there's, I think, the, the in the list that you sent, Murph, uh, you said like, where is it? Where do you fit? And there are a couple other questions, and then like, what was your biggest concern? And the first, for me, in, in MLS, a supporter shield for the Columbus Crew, also comes with a caveat in terms of the biggest concern. The biggest concern for me in the Columbus, for the Columbus, Columbus crew in 2024 is a Cucho transfer. I thought you were going to say an Aiden transfer, but I was I, I, I felt what you were putting down. It's a Cucho transfer yeah. in the middle of the year because, which I don't, I would be surprised if it were to happen. Um, but at, there is a number that exists for Cucho with him, with with Bez and, and Corey and Issa, there is a number in, in their mind that they have on a Google Doc somewhere that's like an auto yes. Mm-hmm. That number is coming. I don't know if it happens this summer, but I would guess it, they, that 
the offers start to approach that number, especially if he produces even close to what we saw at the end of the year last year. Um, no Cucho transfer in 2024. I think they run away with mm-hmm. the supporter shield. Uh, the I, I went seven deep in my standings. Um, the crew one, Orlando two, Miami three, Cincy four, Philly five, DC six. Wow. Ooh. Is and this then, just the East, or do you believe the Eastern Conference? Oh, okay. I could, we could do Western <laughs> Conference, but that's a different podcast. Yeah. And then I have Caleb Porter and the Revs coming in at seven. Um, but I think it's the combination of Cucho playing at the absolute like crazy high rate, best in the league, best player in the league right now. I think. Um, and why would you expect any drop off from him, right? Combined with what Bart said and, and, and talked about perfectly in that Rossi finally finding some footing and then everything else in terms of a second iteration of Wilfred Nancy ball it feels like they're primed to just kind of pick right up where they left off my, my biggest concern is load management and specifically with guys down the spine in Darlington Nagby um, and Rudy Camacho I think we saw, you know, how much of a difference Rudy made when yes. they, they added him. And we know how much of like, it came out a couple of weeks ago. But, like, Darlington is the best under pressure in the world. Like, with the ball at his foot when you're pressing him. I mean, uh, when, when they did the fancy stats, that's just incredible. Um, uh, I, I had, a, I had an, a, a longtime MLS veteran mm-hmm. uh, a year two years ago. On a road trip, we were talking about Darlington with a group, and there were. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like looked around, and I was like, "There's a thousand MLS appearances in this conversation going on right mm-hmm. now." Um, and this person said to me, "If Darlington Nagby, if if Manchester City played around Darlington Nagby, Darlington Nagby would start at Manchester City." Mm-hmm. And there was like kind of like scoffing, and you know, and then like. He, this person explained kind of the rationale and bought and everybody in that conversation was like, actually, that makes a lot of sense. The, the man is incredibly talented and the handful of attributes, he does everything at an yeah. exceptional level, but the handful of attributes that make him special and a world-class player, and, and I, that analytic, I think, is, mm-hmm. is, is one of those things. It showcases a little bit of what I think the next iteration of this of, of Wilfred Nancy Ball is, mm-hmm. is being able to accentuate and um, some of those some of those skills, especially the ability to, to, to bring pressure, find an outlet, and then ex- exploit the void yeah. that the pressure left. Right. Um. That to me is like exactly what they want Nancy to do or what they want Nagby to do and the big kind of thing for me that is kind of a downstream effect of that is it's less running for Darlington Nagby mm-hmm. which I think kind of dovetails well with your load management stuff too Yeah. do you have any concerns Darlington is 33 will turn 34 on my birthday because we shared that I don't know if your I birthday. picked it up yeah. wait what is that how this works well mine came first so it's only fair I am older than Darlington Nagy's. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be 34. Okay, that was just Brett, depressing. You, you heard me groaning about my joints. Uh, <laughs> obviously, he, he has handled his body better than I've handled mine, but 
at some point, Father Time gets everyone, except maybe LeBron James, because he just continues to not free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is there concern about... Because when it falls off, it tends to go quickly. Yeah. And not that Darlington is a guy who uses his physical abilities, mm-hmm. but just being able to... You know, I, I've watched at Manchester United, Casemiro become a significantly less impactful player over the last year as his physical abilities coming off of a year where they played 700 games and he took part in the World Cup. You know, Darlington was just part of another MLS Cup run. He's played a lot of games. Any concern that, that, you know, at some point this could fall off the cliff at this point and you don't have necessarily the next... There isn't a next Darlington Nagby. Honestly, no. I don't really have any concern there. I do think they'll manage... I think they'll pick their spots, especially when the the, the midweek stuff mm-hmm. picks back up, um, which is a little bit earlier this year than in seasons past. Um, you've heard me reference like the three games in eight, um, eight days as, as being uh, like these kind of the you know, coaches and, and, um, and like the, the physio staff, the training staff, especially in terms of recovery, they, they block out the season. And a lot of times it's three and eight, four and 15, three games in eight days, four games in 15 days and how they build load management and then work recovery into the opportunities to get these guys kind of bouncing back. We had Josh Williams on the podcast um, Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago. Um, I thought he put it, it, he kind of summed that up from the player perspective. I thought it kind of blew my brain when he Mm -hmm. said it in that you start the season at 100% and on day two, you never get back to 100 uh, Day two of the season, like the day two of like preseason, yeah. you never get back to where you were on day one. It's like a kind of a perfect way, I think, to kind of sum that up from a player's perspective. So they have to manage him. Um, but I, I, I just think there's that he has an awareness of... But space in his body and, and all of that where I think he knows what he can and can't do. He has a very clear kind of uh, awareness of those limitations. And because he's got, you know, the, he's here, he's there, he's everywhere sitting next to him. Mm-hmm. He also knows that Aiden can kind of pick up some of that slack. And I think there's more trust now between those two yeah. guys than ever. To, to be able to allow Aiden to run maybe just a smidge more, which might make Nancy mad at, at times, because <laughs> we've heard him reference that in the yeah. past. But to be able to cover that, to be able to kind of make, uh, uh, to manage some of the, the minutes that Darlington inevitably is going to have. The, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't really have any, I, I, to me there's no concern there, not really. Uh, just because he's been doing, he's, he basically, played every game the last three years yeah that Which is mean, wild he, to say yeah, absolutely he's been certainly durable um you know i don't i even think back i mean i know he's been hurt on previous teams but it's not like there's been serious injuries the, well the the one time he was out felt longer than he actually was because the, i was talking about september 2021 yeah mm-hmm. um the reason why that period of time felt a little bit longer is because it, it buttered up against the international break in September. So I think that was the only time where, he, where in his entire crew, mm-hmm. crew tenure where he's missed any time, but I think it felt longer than it actually was. Um, and they, I think they lost every single game uh, when he was out, too. Yeah, Whoa. he has that kind of impact, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Who is your opening day left wing back? 
Ooh, uh, I was unprepared for this one. Uh, I think it's uh, Moldy. I think is probably the guy. Um, that left wing back. The I, I think it's probably him. Um, I think Yao has built up the, with the MLS Cup performance. I'm changing my answer. I think it's now that now I'm thinking about. It, mm-hmm. I think it's Yao. I think Yao is probably the guy. Um, but Will like, Sands is back. But mm-hmm. I've heard that Will this preseason looks great uh, and is very looks a lot like what he was doing before he got hurt um, so I think there's some competition there but I would expect Yao to be the starter I think Yao too um, I am going to be interested though because you know you, you brought up Malty um, I, I, I think Will's going to end up pushing him I'm going to be I, I'm almost more interested in, in, in looking at that left um, in the back three center back. back and, and I just I came into tonight like thinking I think multi Emerson like playing and playing a full season there and playing in this system is potentially an MLS all-star I mean you just look at what he was able to do I think he has five to seven goal contributions yeah. Um, uh, it looked like he stacked leveling up, right. right? It was like he took a step, and everyone was like, oh, wow, look how good that looks. And then he took another step. I'm like, oh, my God, he's again, shooting now? He's, like, right. yeah. I mean, that goal, that, goal yeah. that he scored, you were like, oh, this is great. And yeah. then he tops and that off with that pass to yeah. in the well, MLS which, Cup final. Which he'd been doing. Which he, like, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they connected a couple times on those. It's just Yad never finished. I, I think yeah. Yaz will, will – I, I think Will maybe ultimately push – Push. One of them. Yeah. But I think multi season, it'll be really interesting to, you know, see, though, with, you know, dude, you, you, you brought in last year as your, your, you know, starting center back, um, who's, oh my God, now I'm just blanking on it. Shiberko. Shiberko, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Ukrainian guy. Um, you know, I always want to say Sheboygan, but that's not it. Whether he so gets in there. Location. Very different. My other my other just kind of thought is is that and I don't think this is a you know very bold prediction, is Steven Marrera best eleven MLS. Um I think that's probably, a layup. Yeah, right. That's well but but I feel like that you know, he should have been last year and I think there are only a handful of writers that actually put him on there. And the ones that did were the ones that you respect. Yeah. And mo- <laughs> but most of the people, you know, kind of overlooked this dude was just an absolute beast in that back three position. Yeah. As much as you talk about possible contracts for Cucho, the way Steven Moreira played in the African Cup of Nations, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if he if the crew get calls about him. There's a I think it the he, I mean like nobody ask, expected Cape Verde to do what they did. Ask ask anyone in the in the on the agent side of player representation in um, in sports like the sports agent world international competitions you don't even necessarily have to play great you just have to play okay and you pop up on some serious radars that you wouldn't really ever expect to pop up on Eloy Room Eloy Room is the best example of that maybe that I've ever seen um but yeah I I totally agree um I I think he's he's a borderline lock for for best 11 uh and is going to be up there with Defender of the Year uh, in the, the Defender of the Year conversation um, uh, as well. I think it, uh, I would, uh, similar to Darlington, though, they are going to have to manage his minutes because he didn't get the break that everyone else did. 
um, by being in, in Africon. So um, the um, I wouldn't be totally shocked if he gets a little bit of a break at the beginning of the season that we maybe see him, uh, you know, playing two thirds for the first month or so. Man's really, a maniac. Yeah, and I really wouldn't be surprised. A, like you, you kind of, I think Bart said about load management is that you have enough people that if you manage those loads well where they know going in you're probably not going to play all 90 for yeah. your own sake not for the fact that I don't trust that you're going to play well but it's just like score first put the games in, out of not put the games out of hand but you know do do your job and then those last 20 minutes you're putting in somebody else to either get the minutes get them get the rust off like Will Sands or get the more experience in a certain location, like if you're going to put Sean Zawatsky in that yeah. right center back uh, position, or you know, I think Sean is going to be kind of like your three-tool player that yeah, can play sure. either defense, mid, or maybe some wing back. Yeah, you know, so he's 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 he might be your utility along with Multi Amundsen. Um, those are kind of like your two utility guys. And again, I, I, I know nothing about the two guys that they brought in. Um, so that, that should be interesting to see how those guys, you're not going to, you're going to bring, not going to bring those guys in and then set them on the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. If I told you, so Steven Marrera started 33 of 34 games last year. Was playing, he suspended for one? Playing the full 90. No, cause he played in it. So okay. he came off the bench. Once. Okay. Playing the full 90. 33 times would be 2,970 minutes. How many minutes do you think Steven Marrera didn't play in those 33 starts? And that's in those 33 starts? So, yes. I will put the over under at seven and a half. I'll take the under. Ooh. Uh, So, you're saying of, of possible minutes. Of his uh, in the those difference between games. actual play and El Paso. I don't think he. Yeah. I want to say like ten minutes total. I, I'm going to say the over. I'm going to say probably like 25, 20, 25 to thirty. He came off the field for forty six okay. total, total minutes. Total minutes. Okay. Yeah. Now I guess that also includes whatever he played in the four in the thirty fourth game. So, you know, there'd be more there, but still, point mm-hmm. is, guy played a lot of soccer last year, and I guess too, going back to the Mo Farsi thing, like if he got in a pinch. Stephen Rare can play that wing right. spot. Mm-hmm. So I, a, we didn't, yeah, we didn't pro- mention They're that. probably like, I would say in terms of depth chart, they're probably not 1A, 1B, like we maybe right. think they are. Um, but I do think they feel very comfortable that where, w- despite the profile changing mm-hmm. from Mo to, to Steve, that the effort and the, like the kind of the right brain stuff would probably stay about the same and they feel super comfortable plugging him in there if they have to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I just it, think you lose so much from that center back position sure. if Steve's pushed yeah. out. You lose, you lose a lot of length, really, mm-hmm. with, with Moreira. Like, I mean, there's a decent amount of height difference between Mo Farsi and Steven Moreira. Yeah. But, but yeah. it's just what what teams have to deal with. Yeah. Right. You, right. Like, you, it's, that's such an X factor for any team. Like, wait, what, what the hell? I, That's your center back doing that? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's another it's another variable you have to account for, and I think anything you you, you want to make that as difficult as you possibly can. By the way, I just saw this on Twitter. Uh, FC Cincinnati is doing a thing on Apple TV called <laughs> Nonstop Fight: The Untold Story of FC Cincinnati, and the tweet oh. accompanying this says, 
Watch our historic rise to becoming a championship MLS Ooh. franchise. Oh, gosh. I thought that might get a rise Championship. Out of you. Yeah. Mm. Doing, so, a, doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Shield star there. Yeah. Right. So, so what that is, I, I did see a thing. I, I've got to look through um, um, the quotes because uh, what's his name who, who works at the Inquirer kind of inferred that this was something... Yeah, that they had uh, uh, they had worked on throughout the year and then basically pitched to Apple TV and picked it up. So like Apple TV, Apple proper, and MLS proper did not. I'm trying. I want to get the exact quote in here so I can um, uh, uh, confirm that. Demolish but it properly. What I want to say is what that is. There we go. Really fun project to be a part of, and I'm glad this piece finally has a permanent home because. Fourth FL Creative did a great job with oh, that. Really? That is a, a Cincinnati-based production company. So, what this sounds like is self-published fan fiction, which is <laughs> fine. You know, it's fine. A lot of people do that. That's how we got Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> um, anyway, back to the crew because that's what we're really here to talk about. Uh, the the one thing I'm very yeah, this interested isn't a this isn't an FC Cincinnati one liners no, podcast not. because it could <laughs> I mean sometimes yep. but yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I'm really interested in is is the the tweaks the changes that Wilfred Nancy makes this season and I don't know if it will be things that the average soccer fan is going to notice but I do not expect him to just run it back even if it is a lot of the same guys maybe all of the same guys like the league will start mm-hmm. to pick up on things even though he's been kind of a step ahead so far. And I don't know what it's going to be. I'm not going to ask you guys to try and predict what the brain of Wilfred Nancy is going to come up with. But like that, to me, will be one of the stories of this year is, is where does he push a few different buttons to, mm-hmm. you know, to get the results when, when teams have started to figure a little bit of it out? I, I, I think he's going to tweak two things. One, I think they're going to score more goals. <laughs> Two, I think they're going to give up fewer. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. if you do that, you probably win even more games. Mm-hmm. Is, I, I guess I how that the, works in life. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, the, Another the, tweet. Third tweet. Tried not to give up as many in the final five minutes <laughs> of the game. I, I, I think I agree. I think they're actually going to score more goals this I think, year. I think um, so. The, to the there'll be one big thing that I think they'll increase in in. Which is zone fourteen touches, which is the if you think about uh, I don't know if we've explained this in the past, but the, by the goal um, in front of the goal yeah. at the top of the box. So the think um, the six yard box. So the the, the left and right um, uh, boundaries of the six yard box extended all the way out beyond the eighteen yard box. Right. So the the width of the goal on that box on top there is called zone fourteen. Uh, they had, I think, the league's most touches in Zone 14 and the league's most touches inside the box, which is really actually hard to do. Um, but I would expect to see a little bit more centrally to allow um, some fu- that, that attacking third, final third width. That'd be one thing. Um, I think they're going to put a little bit more on um, Aiden Morris in... Uh, the final third as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, well I think we saw from him early in the season. Extremely similar to the first handful of months mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of the 2023 year. Um, but the And then the fluidity of the front three, I think, will get even more uh, kind of ambiguous, um, which I think is kind of exciting mm-hmm. to think about, um, especially if you can match up the outrageous production 
in front of goal that Cucho had in terms of shot attempts. Um, if you pair that with um, some of the service that he provides and can provide, probably scoring a lot of goals. Yeah. All right, let's get into some of these questions yeah. I sent you guys, and then we'll talk about Atlanta here, and then we'll get out of here. Um, all right, Brett, you already talked about where you think the crew finishes in the East. Yes, first. Bart. No. It's like between first or second. I think it's the first. Like I mean, you just do not. I like I'm trying. I mean, the it, like the the brand thing obviously to, is to be first, but just you get your own I television show if you do. I, I know, <laughs> but I, I just I can't like talk myself out of it. You know, otherwise it's just this is a team that is returning everybody that won that finished third overall in the league last year that beat the the team that finished first overall in during the regular season. Um, I should have said third overall in the regular season, yeah. not third overall in the league. Um, uh, but but beat them and scored more goals on aggregate during the regular season. Um, and and just that everybody like there are a couple players that are due for some regression just from, from getting older. They're players that I think can age gracefully in Darlington Nagby and um, uh, uh, Rudy Camacho. You've got, if Cucho regresses and just hits at a normal, you know, regular shot conversion rate, he's a 25-goal scorer. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, You've got Diego Rossi going in there. I just, I, I don't think with what this team went through, you know, without having to teach them all. Then again, this, of course, there will be some changes, but with what they went through and grew from, and with the fact that it is such a short turnaround, I think that almost works well because look, you don't have a whole lot of time to forget the good habits you developed. Yeah. Right. Um, And so you got time to rest, but not forget what works. I think they, I think we have a chance, you know, to be, 20 or 2009 where you know going from winning the championship and then just going to yep still best team in the league that's actually i was going to say that when you started saying well what can happen when you bring the entire team back i was like well does 2009 bring any bells um but i i think i think last year i said they were going to be top five this year i think they're going to be top three and i think the load the amount of games might affect them my hope is always that you don't get any long-term things that affect a key player. But again, I feel like the way Bez and Corey and Isa have have kind of put this roster together to a degree and how things have been playing with Crew 2, which also we haven't talked even about the fact that they still don't even have a coach, or at least none that was announced. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, you you know, you have you have a lot of pieces in this depth that can spell you um, there's going to be stretches where they don't win games and I think we kind of panicked last year but the wise the wise words of Brett was don't worry they're going to be okay be happy be happy um, but how many coaches do you have out there that are like it's okay to make mistakes just go do better you know not many like not many and I think this might be the ultimate thing is that the players have bought into that so hard and it paid off 
that I think they're going to come in with that same mentality of like they're 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 gonna they're gonna inject it into the new guys. They're gonna inject it into the young guys, and it's gonna go from there. So well, you, I'm gonna say top three. You heard Josh say it a couple weeks right. ago, right? That like they were very like it was like you want us to do what now? And then within two weeks, they were like, "Holy God, this mm-hmm. looks great!" Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I I totally agree. Yeah, I'm on the same page as Sam. Is just the number of games. You know, obviously we can't predict an injury. But I do think if, as long as it's not to a, a key, key player, like a Cucho or a It Darlington. can be to a key player, just not be a long-term right, right. thing. But we saw this past year, okay, you lose Will Sands, who was obviously key at that point in time. Well, they went and found somebody pretty good, and they, they made it work. Um, you know, I don't know if you can, there's not the resources in MLS to go replace a Cucho with a Cucho, but other guys, I think you can. Let's just hope well, they don't I have mean, to do But it. you replace the Lucas Zellerion with. Right, but you had to get rid of Lucas <laughs> yeah. Zellerion. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's fair. But uh, I just think there will be, like Sam was saying, there'll be stretches, you know, especially, I don't think we're going to have time to talk about the stuff that's going on with the Open Cup, but. You know, if you have open cup games and, and you're having all of these other things, I think there'll be t- there'll be games where they prioritize one thing over another, and that may mean you lose a game that you probably shouldn't on the road or you know something like that. And so, like it's hard to finish first. I mean, and just because you don't doesn't mean you can't win at the end of the year. We saw that last year. So mm-hmm. I agree with Sam. Somewhere in the top three and, and in a really good position, come the end of the season to make another run at it. First, um, mm-hmm. all right. First, yep. Sam, I'm going to go back to you. Top goal scorer. This may be an easy one for everybody. Uh, it's it's gonna be Cucho. If it's not Cucho, is it not Cucho for anybody? It's Cucho, and it's the, the reason why is um, even if they get fifty percent of the penalties that they got a year ago, Cucho takes all of those because remember right. Lucas got Lucas the beginning of that. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's the number of goals Cucho scored last year. Don't don't look it up by the way because I have a, mm. an exercise that we're gonna do here in a little bit. Okay. Um, the number of penalties. But. Um, no, but it, it's it's Cucho being mm-hmm. your, the primary penalty taker and the production on top of that that you right. expect with all the shot yeah. shot attempts and the conversion rate. Um, so yeah, it's Cucho, 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 Cucho for me. Even if it and goes even if it goes between 50 50 between him and and Diego Rossi, I still think he's going to be up by like two or three goals over Diego. I think he gets and a twenty. Yeah, and, and and that's like I I was thinking about this a lot, and for for you know. A brief moment, I sort of toyed with Rossi, and I think Rossi is going to score. I would put, you know, I'd be comfortable 17 with him. Um, uh, and again, this is a guy who's won the golden boot, but you just look at how many chances Cucho created. And just if there's any regression... <laughs> any regression, he's he would have scored twenty plus goals last year if he just if he if he converted at an average level um, uh, with the amount of chances he created, and so I think he's he's going to he's going to have to. The only thing is that he is, which is just so like paradoxical, like how you can lead the league in shots by close to twenty and have close to fifty more than the number three guy. And also be like one of the most ridiculously unselfish players. That is a testament <laughs> to Wilfred Nazi. But look, look at the game-winning goal against Cincinnati, right? right. I mean, no. it is absolutely, he absolutely could have scored that. And you have to think um, about that in the beginning of the season, a lot of people were thinking that he, Cucho did regress because Lucas was scoring all the goals. Yeah. Yeah, he, he absolutely did. And that, that's the thing. Like, he, I mean, with the amount of goals, <laughs> shots he had... 
He should have had 25 goals last year. I think he's up north of 20. MVP, Bart. I, I don't... That's that. That's. I don't think you can go with anyone other than Cucho. My my only other thought is, you know, potentially Steven Marrera, just because I think he's going to be that good in a full year, um, uh, uh, in that position, at, knowing it. Um, but I, I think it again. It's how good Cucho is in the assists that he creates. You know, the diff- the goal scoring chances that he creates. He's going to put that little child Lucho Acosta to shame when it comes to actual goals created. He's going to hamstring his efforts to, to win back-to-back uh, MVPs. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's, a, there's a chance that if, if everything goes the way I expected they, and they win the Supporters Shield, I, Supporter Shield, I think there's a chance that uh, Darlington Nagby sneaks into the MVP conversation. And I'm talking team MVP here, not yeah. necessarily league MVP. I'm talking league MVP. But, but if I, you win the league MVP, you're probably winning team MVP. Team MVP is, team MVP is Darlington Nagby um, for me. Um, I do think Cucho, I think Cucho is a, a 20 and 15 guy because I expect Diego Rossi to be a 15 and 10 guy. Um, and I think Cucho has a, a chance at the league record this year for mm-hmm. goal scored. Um, and so I think it'll be one of those deals where, like, we're talking about the difference between, like, MVP and, you know, league's best player and whatever that means. But um, I still think it's Arlington Nagby. He's the most important player on this team. Though I think production is directly tied to Kucho. Yeah. Patrick Schulte, just because he has a great name. I'm kidding. It'll be one of the two yeah. of what you guys said. Sam, do you have anyone different than any of the three or not really. No. Okay. Uh, just for the sake of time, because we already talked about what could be our biggest concerns, we're going to skip that question okay. unless you have something. No, no I said it already. Say. Okay. It's um, the guy that we just talked about winning everything and right. scoring 20 goals isn't there after the summer yeah. transfer. Uh, Atlanta this week. Uh, first game of the season at lower.com field. This is a little bit of a different Atlanta team um, than we saw last season. No Miles Robinson. Uh, Rossetto's gone in the midfield, and he's played a lot for them. What are you, kind of your expectations? Because I, I was reading some stuff today, and I think, I think it was Doyle who put it. Yeah, here it is. For the first time in forever, they've got a roster whose pieces fit together in a coherent way. Yeah. And I think that's actually like a pretty good way to describe. You know, it's not a superstar team like we've seen in the past, but that may end up being better for them. Their, their biggest concern in the long-term sense is the exact same one that I talked about. And that's it. When, if slash when Diego Almada gets bought and by a European club Mm -hmm. and shipped out for what is probably going to be, or a Saudi club, a league record. What? I'm sorry. Or a Saudi club. Yeah. Uh, what's going to be the league record transfer fee? I figured you were going to say if and when he gets just the stupidest red card possible for which is a self fulfilling prophecy. Could he miss out on this game for Um, some of the preseason? The the part of some of the analytics that I looked up, um, the what uh, Jakimakis was able to do with sub two thousand minutes, seventeen goals in sub two thousand minutes is outrageous. and I think he's got a change. I think it's probably between him and Cucho in terms of Golden Boot race league wide, um, and that's even if Almada leaves, um, you know, in July, uh, in the summer window. Um, but you, you know, Doyle's right. They, they they finally for you know after this you know everything that Garth Lagerwey's 
kind of accomplished over the years and like you know being the the best gm and mls or arguably and what this what his seattle teams were able to do finally got in the lab a little bit and and started looking at some of the analytics and where their deficiencies were and the fact that they had no d mids basically after nagby left um uh and jeff lorenowitz started to age um and kind of went off the cliff um with being a little bit too old uh and that's where they suffered right and that was one of the reasons where um why I think Matt kind of says what he did in terms of the pieces looking really good on paper and fitting. I also think Almada's gone. I think that I think the, the within a week of that window opening, they're getting a thirty million dollar offer from somebody, and he's gone. And then the whole thing blows up. I don't have them in the top seven, finishing in the East. They might be able to do that just based on Giacomacus's efforts, who's probably the next guy to win the MVP. Um, but I, I would be pretty surprised if uh, if Almada's even there, and I think that's that's the the engine that drives the whole kind of machine. I think Shandi Silva is legit, and like you know, dude, uh, and, I, and I believe they bought him. He was he yeah. was a it was a loan plus year. yeah. I, I mean, he just he w- he really impressed me during that series, um, and so th- that's a guy to keep an eye on. I think Jamakis, yeah, he's. I, just reminds me of Travis Kelsey. He's just like, just simple, simple man, but like, is really, really good at what he does. Not a whole lot going on up here, but really good at what he does. Um, you know, be interesting. Like, this might be like sacrilege. Like, I, I haven't really bought into the Caleb Wiley hype yet. Like, Same. I think he's good, but I don't think he's like. A really different maker, and he, look, he's like what, 17, 18 years old or something. Like, I don't know that we should expect him to be. And and, and from like a U.S. men's national team standpoint, that's you know we've got a long, long history of screwing players up by, because of that and voicing those expectations. But I, I think that, I, I think it's going to be you know I think they're they're, they're going to be a decent, decent squad. Anytime you got Lennon in there. You know, he, he's a guy that has given this team fits, um, given Yah especially fits. Um, and so that that's something to worry about. But, like, are, are they still, like, they're, they're going into this season with Brad Guzlan as their number one, correct? Well, it's so... I know they got, a, got another guy. Yeah, they signed... Uh, a, a number one in waiting, but Guzlan is ostensibly Yeah, they signed the Josh, one. Josh Cohen... Um, the MLS preview predicts Cohen to start in goal, but it also predicted Henestroza to start at wing back over Mo Farsi. Yeah. So I'm not putting a ton of weight there, but mm. I mean, we'll see Saturday if it's if it's Guzan or not. But they do have, to your point, somebody. I mean, in there. Guzan would be the oldest guy in the league, right? Yeah, oh, I would think so. Probably been for the last two years. And he'll get booed what? for no particular reason. I mean, I other than he looks like Michael Bradley. It's just, it's just <laughs> you mean that, bald? Pretty much, yeah. Caucasian? He's also, yes. good. Like yeah, yeah. He's he's old, and not good, and he's easy. He's right there in front of us. He's a he's it's a soft target. <laughs> All right, last question. We're just gonna do this quickly, and then we'll do predictions and get out of here. Is there a team in the league that's coming the, to Columbus this year that you are like, other than Miami, if Messi plays, that's that's most exciting for you? Um, yeah. Okay, we're going to do... This is the thought exercise that I, that I wanted to do earlier. And this will be quick, okay? 
This is a famous we'll do, last word. I, I, I almost said it. I said it in my head. Uh, this is the Bill, a Bill Barnwell homage. All right. Player A, 3,134 minutes, 14 goals on 18.33 X goals, 107 shots. That's player A. Player B, 2,628 minutes, 16 goals on 18.96 X goals. Who's player A? Who's player B? I need this all put down in front of me. Okay. I, so I'm showing it. This is not a visual medium, but I'm showing it to showing it to Murph right now. That's uh, three thirty one hundred minutes, fourteen goals, eighteen point three three x goals. Okay, all right. okay, that's player A. Player B is twenty six hundred minutes, sixteen goals on just a smidge more of x goals, eighteen point nine six. And the dark horse for MVP in Major League Soccer in twenty twenty four. This is bad radio. Speaking mm-hmm. of aging gracefully but dc united with troy lissane and some of the some of the little weirdness that's going on christian benteke 20 uh 3134 minutes 14 goals and second only to cucho and i figured one was cucho i just couldn't 18.33 on 107 shots which is a cup which is a good Mm -hmm. bit fewer than cucho i think christian benteke if they are able to provide some service for him, which is the big if, right? Mm-hmm. And there's some pieces there that work. Troy Lesane, the new head coach, people at Red Bulls loved him. I don't know how much the players loved him in terms of like the pressing and all of that, but there was something about that squad and what Benteke was able to do in the dumpster fire of what mm-hmm. that what that team was last year. That showed me something. I'm I've said this on the podcast before, I've said it on the on the TV broadcast in the last couple of years. The Columbus-DC United rivalry needs to be reignited in a big way, a that. massive way. And I think there's an opportunity this year to be able to kind of start signaling some of those intentions in terms of reigniting what, in my mind, is the original MLS rivalry. How yeah. old is Benteke now? I think 34, 33, 34. And that's going to be the real question. He played yeah. basically every game. Oh, 3,100 yeah. minutes is crazy, crazy talk. But he had to play a lot of that under Wayne Rooney, he's, and that's... Like, he's 33. Yeah, yeah. 33. But I, I said this in the, my top seven. Crew, one. Orlando, two. Miami, three. Cincy, four, which is one of the questions. Philly, five. Yeah. DC, six. Revs, seven. I think DC might have something going on. Yeah, I'm interested in... Nobody else has them in the top ten. I don't no, think. That's, that's, an, that's a bold one. Uh, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying because nobody else is. I'm interested in whoever comes in in the Champions Cup... Uh, mm-hmm. In this round, both St. Louis and Houston. St. Louis, for personal reasons, having yeah. grown up there. Uh, Houston, get our tour back here. Steve Clark back here. Uh, see those guys would be fun. The rest of the, if we're talking about the East, Caleb Porter coming back will be mm-hmm. uh, fascinating. To an see inter- that one, too. an interesting one. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's do predictions here. Sam, how do you feel about opening day on Saturday? Um, I think they're, it's an afternoon game. So far, it looks mostly sunny, which is which is kind of mm-hmm. nice. It is going to be a little cold, but I think just... It's Atlanta, so it's going to It's rain. Atlanta. Yes. That is, well, hopefully not typhoon-level rain, which is what we normally get with Atlanta. But you have to think of this. This pregame is going to be freaking long because they're unveiling the number on the facade of the stadium and the second deck. They are handing out rings. This Everybody's getting beanies. Right. Everybody's getting Limited beanies. beanies. Oh, I thought it was everybody. No. It's first, you know, it didn't have a number on there. Whatever. Yeah, that's anyway, what whichever. Not, not here nor there. But I think I think they're going to come out, like, 
focused. I don't I don't think Wilfried would let them not be focused even with all this. So I think I'm going to go 3-1 crew. Yeah. Uh, I do believe that that pregame stuff still has to be done before kickoff time. Yeah, like right, uh, but it, at the normal it's schedule. It's still going to be long. Right, but don't think it's going to be shorter warm up. Yes, don't think you can show up at 2 and the game's not going to kick off till 2:30. After listening to that, because Apple TV, you got to get it on the on the I money. I think we should do power moves. Screw Apple TV. Well, that's We're fine. The champs. Uh, I would get in the stadium. Make sta- them all watch it. I would get in the stadium early, at least so you can get the beanie, Brett. Yeah. Right, get the beanie. It's uh, nice. Brett, what do you think? So, yeah, so I, I love where Sam's head at, heads at. I, I do think, uh, again, I think the, their their production in front of goal, Atlanta's production in front of goal, is not something to take lightly. Um, I. <laughs> I think the, the the rarest thing that we might have in Columbus over the course of the next year are clean sheets, um, in, Ooh. which is going to be something. My Patrick Schulte MVP. I'd love to. I'd love to see them, you know, firm things up. But I and I and I kind of part of me thinks that that's going to happen, and I don't know. We'll see. Um, but two uh, one um, crew. I, I don't think. I just don't think anybody can spot them despite a, a year's worth of tape. Um, it, it's. I just think it's it, that 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 attack in the in the layers that I think Nazi's going to be uh, has kind of rolled out and spoon fed to these guys will be exactly how it was a year ago, um, where, but the, it, essentially the starting point is so much further than where it was a year ago. So I expect the attack to roll right on, um, and uh, you know, wouldn't be shocked if it's a one zero Atlanta lead at the half, and then the crew get two in the second half, but. Um, it's, uh, yeah, 2-1 crew. I'm going to say 3-2 crew, uh, just because I think both these teams have the capability to score. I do think this crew team will be better defensively this year, to your point, Brett. I, I just, I still think there will be the occasional, not mistake, but just, you know, even Manchester City screws up in possession sometimes and gives the team an opportunity. I don't know if that happens on Saturday, but we saw what this was like in the playoffs. And these two teams coming in, I believe both are fully healthy, as far yeah. as we know. Uh, so I think there'll be some fireworks, but I do think the crew win on what do we call it? Banner Day, Ring Day. I don't know if there's a Christmas. name for it. It's called Christmas. Well, yeah, but like once it once you do all the stuff in there, you're fine. right. Christmas. Go ahead. Championship. Yeah. Championship right, Bar- Day. Championship. It's called Christmas. All right, Bart. Folks, uh, we're gonna go with four two. Um, I do think again that this is an Atlanta team that can score. We talked about Jamakis, talked about Almada, uh, you know Silva, the, the likes of them, um, but. I think this is a crew team that's just going to be feeling it, you know, and I think it's I think it's like they're leading most of the time. Atlanta gets, you know, a goal to make it 2-1 maybe and then gets one maybe either to make it 3-2 or to make it 4-2. You know, really consolation stuff. You've got Taha in there. You maybe you're putting, you know, PQ in there and uh, and, and they're scoring one to feel a little bit better. Um, uh, I, I do think uh, uh, so... You know, we need to obviously um, Josh Williams not going to be part of this. <laughs> this is right? the question everybody wants to know. know. This is what everyone everyone wants to know, right? Who um, picks up the mantle? And so uh, uh, we talked about this. We grab, gathered the the GCG bag council together, and 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 really, I want we, Brett to guess this. You can we give went, him the hints, but yeah, I want to well, see if I mean, Brett can guess. Yeah, see if you can guess. But who do you think the the, the new the new boy is? It's Big mm-hmm. Steve. It's Stephen Marrera. Ooh, that's close. No. It's not. No. Okay. I know. I'm it's, not it's, guessing. It's who Josh would choose. Who do you think that is? He told us. He did. I know it now. Who is it? 
Sweet Baby Aiden. Mm-hmm. Aiden Morris. Aiden Morris. These bicycle kicks yeah. are becoming more realistic. <laughs> so, when, so when I said you know Diego Rossi was a 15 and 10 guy, it was actually Aiden Morris. 15 <laughs> yeah, and 10. No, the 15 and 10 is not enough. Okay. Aiden Morris is going to have 15 and 10 on the Aiden first game. Aiden Morris is going Seven. to have over under eight and a half Tony Chani hat tricks for Aiden Morris. Tony oh Chani hat tricks for those uninitiated goal, an assist, and a yellow card. Um, uh, so he's getting the Tony Ch- Chani hat trick, um, and the goal is a scorpion kick. All right. All right. Well, what a way to end the uh, 2024, folks. Right 2024 here now. Here debut podcast. Here we go, baby. Uh, all right. Well, Saturday, 2 p.m. Get there early. Yes, get there early. I would dress for various weathers just in case. This Layers, is folks. this is Ohio. Layers. Let's let's we would be remiss to it's not mention to not mention that there is a sunrise toast at what is it six thirty six forty five. Whatever the sunrise sun is listed at seven sixteen. I don't know when it this starts. Is well, they got like they start pouring the champagne and stuff Where like that. Doctor Pete. It usually it? happens on the plaza mm-hmm. uh, in front of the stadium. Doctor Pete's usually there. Show up, have a drink with Dr. Pete. But the Nordic tailgate does not remain open at that point. So you no, have to it does not. You have to go home you check, and come you back. You can check Betty's. Check with Betty's. You mean there. I can't just go stand in the parking lot and drink by myself for several hours? I mean, yes, you can. Oh, I you can. You, you can too, probably hang I, out on the plaza and drink by yourself for several hours. But yes, so there. All right. Well, we hope to see a number of you, maybe all of you, out there on Saturday. Should be not a fun you. one. Well, other you know, other than you, you yes. know who we're talking about. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> I think we're all pretty excited for what we think will be a, a fun year. Um, let's hope it goes the way we planned because t- we've been pretty positive about this season. Two more so. banners coming, folks. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks again. We're sorry Brian couldn't be here for this. He'll be back. I think I forgot to mention Saucy Brew Works off the top. So please give them, if you're looking for something to do, Christmas Eve, maybe pop in here and tell them we said hello. And Third Michigan. Mm-hmm. We will see many of you on there Saturday day. Use afternoon. promo code sponsor twenty three to get. <laughs> Wouldn't that be sponsor twenty four? Uh, sponsored notes still sponsor twenty three. <laughs> All right, thanks guys for listening, and we'll be back next week talking about the game and whatever happens after that in Minnesota. Who doesn't even have a coach yet? Uh, they're about to hire somebody. They 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 have, yeah, yeah they, Man, Man United's yeah. assistant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That thirty-two-year-old yeah. kid, yeah. Yeah. child. Hasn't happened yet. Younger than Darling Just like Crew 2. They don't have a head coach. Yeah, but Crew 2 doesn't start for a month. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Adios. Bye, buddies.